Geek Lovers, this is your host, John Tatey, and it's time again for Mom on Pop. It's the podcast where my mom, Bonnie Tatey, you know her, you love her, weighs in on all manner of pop culture. Today we're going to be talking about HBO's new series, Westworld. But first we've got to catch up a little bit because this has become a uh, woefully infrequent podcast, hasn't it, Mom? Woefully. Woefully. <laughs> well, we're back right now. I've had a strange uh, strange year, I guess I would say. Yeah. Um, so uh, if you don't mind, it's because it's not mom's fault we haven't been podcasting. It's my fault. Maybe I could talk a little bit about what I'm up to. Yeah, Is let's right talk about you? your jail sentence and... <laughs> <laughs> well, it felt that way sometimes. Um, so I'm working on a TV show that I can't get into too much detail about, but it is a uh, an AV Club-related TV show. And basically what happened is uh, I was editor of the AV Club, and then this TV opportunity came along, and it was going to be a sports show. It was basically going to be uh, the block and tackle column, but for all sports, and a TV show instead of me writing it on the web, um, which was very exciting for me. And then to make a long story short, they, the TV people changed their mind. They didn't want uh, the sports show anymore, and I was very sad about that. And then they wanted an AV club show, and they still wanted me to produce and host it. So I said, well, okay. I was a little thrown, but that's very exciting too. And so that's what I'm working on now. But there was a period of mourning and a period of limbo, and uh, it's just been a strange stretch. So I've kind of rededicated my energy to the football column, which I mentioned, and frankly, to the baby. Most of my free energy has been going toward um, baby Leo Lyon, my 10-month-old. And your wife. And my wife, of course, my, my family. Um, even though my wife may not agree that my extra energy are, is going to the baby. <laughs> I feel that I've just been sort of focused on on home life aside from work, which is is still pretty busy. And I'm sorry, I just lost track of the podcast. It's just a weird stretch of my life where projects, these big projects, you know, well, you know, because yeah. you were kept apprised all along the way, these sort of life changing projects coming up and then going away and then coming back in a different yeah. form. Uh, it's been exhausting, but I feel like things are a little more stable and the TV show's on track for early next year. I'm very excited about that and more details as we get closer, of course. Yeah. Um, but I'm really happy today to be back podcasting with you again. I'm sorry well, I kept you off I'm the so air so glad. long. And I hope that our people will pick up and, and support us oh, again. Oh, they will. They will. Our listeners are very loyal, and they're always so nice. Good God, they're we do an episode. Nice. You hear from them on Twitter or on email. I love our listeners, just like I, I love them too. I love every one of them. It's the truth. They are just I, great. I I agree. Um, so let's give them something to listen to. We're we're going to get to Westworld in a bit, but you've also been watching game shows. You when you came out a couple months ago. I can't tell you, Mom, what a great time I had watching those old episodes of Chuck Woolery's Scrabble with you. So much fun. So much fun. Really, uh, it just made me feel like if I had made you a peanut butter sandwich and we could have been sitting on the couch 30 years ago. I I had the same feeling. We just we both look at them a certain way, and I it was fun to watch them with someone who... 
it just appreciates the little details and appreciates Chuck's hosting uh, the same way that I do. Someone to play the game with. And hey, Scrabble, yeah. not a lot of people remember that show, but that was a great show, wasn't it? It really was. Um, watching it, the uh, bells and whistles are very minimal. But the thing that we commented, that we both commented, was the the game. The game was about the people. Yes, yes. Well, the production right. really was about the, the people. The people, they, right. They had these funny contestants, and it would be about their journey, um, which it was just personal and laid back in a way that you really don't, even on, you know, The Price is Right or Wheel of Fortune or these same type of game shows that are on now, you know, you don't have returning champions on Wheel of Fortune anymore, for example, right. and uh, Price is Right is so hurried, we don't really get a chance to know these people too well. Um, no, and, and to be honest, they're a bunch of kooks anyway. <laughs> well, they've always been a bunch of kooks, haven't they? Well, on the Price is Right? Do you read, on the Price is Right, yeah, now it's young people and and uh, college students. Used to be grandmas and and older people that had some decorum. Now I've seen more <laughs> ass cracks than really anyone should have to see in their life. Well, I will say that the formality of the dress, yes, has declined over the last 45 years of The Price is Right. But for whatever, you know, I realize that's the sign of the times and that's how we roll. But, you know, people get on there and it's and it's like, how silly can I act to keep the camera on me? That's what I feel like. Well, yeah, that's how they're picked. They are sort of picked for YouTube moments sometimes. Although I think the contestant selection is better than it was a few years ago when Drew yes. was first doing it. And it was really yes. all sorority girls and whatnot. Yes. Uh, but I understand Drew you have... Yeah, go ahead. ...has really grown into his role, too. Drew's great. Yeah, he's a sea change from those early years. Absolutely. Because yes. he seems to be enjoying himself now. Yes. Yeah. I agree. Uh, but I understand you have some uh, complaints or maybe just concerns about the uh, quality of the trips. Tell me tell me what, what this is. You see the trips come up, and, and really, you'd, I'm sure if you're a contestant, you hear Jamaica or mm -hmm. China or, you know, you don't hear anything. But if you really listen to the description um, of the prizes, some of them don't sound all that hot you know i as, as daddy and i watch something occasionally i just say pass because you know here's a trip to turks and caicos for five nights and four days well my god you you must stagger around the whole time with the time change and then pour yourself back onto the airplane <laughs> and leave i it just you know what i mean um, They're not all like that. I'm not saying that, yeah. but I'm saying some of them seem a little like, what the hell? Who would bother? Five nights? That's not long enough for you? Five nights means you get there and sleep there. That uh, No, that's not. No, give, why can't you go for a week? Well, that's basically what five nights is. So you think six nights would be a drastic improvement? Yes. <laughs> Okay. You don't? Um, I think five nights is plenty. I, I, by then, I just feel like I want to go home by then. Tired of this stupid hotel? Not when you're getting your meals paid for. Well, or that's the other thing. Includes one, uh, you know, includes dinner. 
Well, if I'm going to go on a trip that's that's not going to cost me anything, I don't want to pay for anything. <laughs> Johnny, that is not unfair. Um, huh, I never thought about that. I feel like if they're flying you there and putting you up, that's pretty good. I mean, you don't have to take the trip. If they give well, you a car, you still got to fill it up with gas. You got to pay for your own gas. Yes, not quite the same thing. Pretty similar. No, not at <laughs> It's not the same thing at all. What do you mean? Yes, it is. It's not. It's something, it's, a, you know, a trip. If you win a trip, I don't want to pay for it. I want to just go on a beautiful trip. So which trips do you approve of? Which trip do you, do you see and you, you say, oh, I want to go there. I'd take that one. Well, I think some of the trips to the tropical places are, are quite nice. Mm-hmm. Like um, Turks and Caicos? Well, uh, yeah, I've never been there, but, you know, probably Jamaica or mm-hmm. whatever. And I would probably go to Florida in the winter in a heartbeat. Not but, Toronto, though? No. Yeah, I always see the Toronto trip come up, and I just... What really? We, I mean, nothing against Toronto, and if we have any Torontonian listeners, I mean, it's a beautiful city, but I yeah. think Chicago's a beautiful city, too, but it, I wouldn't want to be a tourist there, because it's, I don't know, it's cold? No. And, no, I don't, I don't well, think so. Well, I'm getting myself a, into further trouble somehow. <laughs> how about a trip to some place like... And, and, I, and these are the ones that really make me laugh, because I realize that they're tourism promotions but you know a beautiful trip to north dakota yeah i'm gonna pass yeah. on that yeah and again north dakota we love you yeah i think this is just love, a love, minefield love. this conversation but yes i will also say there are many beautiful attractions here in chicago and you could take a boat tour you can go to the art institute all right so you think on the whole the game shows the uh, the travel trips are a good deal. I think they're. I mean, I think you have no skepticism about them. I don't. I don't have a lot of skepticism about them. They seem pretty nice. I mean, it's it's, it's expensive, right? They're yeah. thousands and thousands of dollars, so they must yeah. be nice somehow. That money's going All somewhere. Right. Uh, I All watched right. Prices Right yesterday, actually, because I was homesick. That's the other thing about having a baby is you catch everything. I know. Oh. I know. Wait, wait till that stomach flu thing goes through your house twice. Oh, boy. Well, we all got our flu shots, fortunately, but, yeah, I know what you're talking about. It's, it's not as bad, I have to say, though. I mean, I used to hate, hate getting sick, um, as I still do, but it's not quite as bad because the baby's been through it, and I just you feel so bad for the baby. Because yeah. he doesn't understand. He doesn't know what's going on. Right. Uh, so I just feel like, what am I going to complain about as a grown man, for Pete's sake? A little cold? Which that's I right. Still have a little that's bit of it. That's right. Grow up. Grow up, exactly. And that's what I've been doing. Uh, have you been uh, getting out and about? Speaking of travel, have you been getting out and about with Dad at all? Well, we went to um, Maine on Saturday. Mm-hmm. We went to Ashton's Baptism. He's making his first Holy Communion at the end of the school year, so he had to get baptized. His parents are not churchgoers, but they like the Catholic schools, so I see. he has to go through the uh, hazing of all that stuff. How? 
the Catholic hazing, exactly. <laughs> How old is he, seven? I think he's eight. Eight. Um, and did they have a rope big enough for him? Uh, he didn't wear, he just wore his, his uh, a very nice white shirt. Okay. And uh, how uh, did they dunk him? They He actually just stood by the font, and they uh, poured some water uh, over his head. Mm. You know, he, he, he had his face downward, and they poured water down over his uh, head and did a little uh, oil anointing on his throat and his forehead. And on his was, throat? I didn't know yeah. he did that. What a strange well, ritual. Well, you, unfortunately, are a heathen, and, you know... Nothing unfortunate about that. I wouldn't have it any other way. And <laughs> so... He was very, very good, though. He was very good. But we went to dinner afterwards, and this is this, this is what I wanted to tell well, you. He's eight years this, old. I would hope he was good. Right. Well, you know, let me tell you, there were some girls that were sitting in front of us for the mass that happened beforehand and they could have done uh, an exercise tape up and down and going to the bathroom and back through the pew and they oh. they never sat down it was awful church pew aerobics that's a million dollar idea right there ma i know it's mine i'm copywriting it all right tell me about the dinner okay so we go out to dinner and it's noisy and um we're commenting on how nicely Ashton did with answering the, the questions. And, mm. you know, the priest was very nice, very good. And then I feel like Jade and I are talking about Maddie. Jade is sister. Ashton's uh, mother. Mother. Yes. And I feel like we're talking about Madison and, and cheerleading. And finally I realized that she's talking about the bleachers. The bleachers, the the people in the bleachers, and what she means is the pew, the pews. Oh! Well, I couldn't stop laughing. I just couldn't stop laughing. You know, again, these are not church people. Right, right. The bleachers, yeah. The bleachers. I love that. And it I'm makes thinking, it makes what church. What the hell is she talking about? Oh, makes church more exciting. I think to think of them as bleachers. You could That's see right. a big play from Jesus Christ at any moment. <laughs> they should sell popcorn and peanuts in church, too, right? <laughs> Why not? They passed the collection plate, a little extra revenue. I think this is a great idea. This is your second million dollar idea in as many minutes, Mom. <laughs> Treat church more like a baseball game. Oh, Lord. Anyway, that is, that is your sister-in-law. And she is one funny girl. She's not going to mind you telling that story on the million listeners strong mom on pop? <laughs> From your lips to God's ears. Yeah. <laughs> get it? Yeah, I get it. Okay. Uh, uh, no, I don't, I don't think she will. She's, she has a wonderful sense of humor. Uh, did you go to the aquarium recently, too? I have that in my yeah. notes. Yeah. What happened at the aquarium? This is such a story. I read a book called The Soul of an Octopus by Cy Montgomery, and she is a something, like a nature something or other. I actually mm. don't know. And uh, so she wrote this book, and it's really all about the octopuses of the Boston Aquarium. Okay. Right close to home. They have a beautiful so, aquarium there. I went to it many times as a kid. 
It is a wonderful aquarium. Mm -hmm. Really, I had such an appreciation for it. You know, Merrick works there. He's affiliated with that through his job at the Science Museum. Mm -hmm. Merrick being my brother. Merrick is your brother. So I read this book, and it talks about how octopuses um, taste through their skin, and they're very sensitive, and they change color, and this is how they they don't live very long, and they're very clever. And it's, a, it's a very, very quick read um, and very engaging. So I read this book, and I said, I would really like to go and see these. The they have two octopuses there, and I'd like to go see them. And so Daddy and I went down for our anniversary, for our thirty-six year anniversary. Wow! Congratulations. Thank you. We went to the Boston Aquarium, and we went all through, looked at everything, but we never saw the octopus. So Daddy went down and said, where's the octopus? And they told him someplace, and we found this one little octopus that was about as big as my hand, and I mm -hmm. knew that wasn't it. So we went back down, <laughs> and then we came up on the elevator, and there was a woman there, and she said, oh, I have to see the octopus. And I said, that's what I'm looking to see, too. It's on this floor, and we get off the um, elevator, and she says, oh, yes, I have to see the octopus. I read the book. I read the book. And that's all she says, the book, like it's a Bible, you know. Same book but you I read. I knew what book she was talking about, huh. right? Yeah. And I said, yeah, I read the book, too. Well, we get over there, and the octopus has itself sort of tucked away. You can see a very large tentacle, but that's it. And so I said to Daddy, let's sit down. There's a bench. And we just watched her for a little while. Well, this woman accosted everybody that came up to the tank. I read the book. Did you read the book? You have to read the book. It's the best book. Blah, 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 yeah. blah, 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 blah. Is this the author of the book? No. She just goes to the aquarium every day and says, hey, read yeah. my book. That's what I said to Dad. I wonder if that's the author. But she was from the West Coast, and she was very, very intent on letting everyone know she had read this book about the octopus. So she sort of wanders off to the corner. She has this man's ear, and she's telling him about she reads a lot of books and books, books, books. Oh, these and poor people who just wanted to look this, at the octopus. Yeah, go ahead. She's doing this. The octopus untangles itself from where it's tucked away. And I got up and stood in front of the tank, and I got to watch the octopus. Took about five minutes, pass right in front of me, stop and look at me, and then kind of moved on. And then it sank down, and it changed to its relaxed color and sort of looked at me, and I watched it and for about five minutes, which is, you know, really a very long time. And I went and sat down, and I was just blown away by this Great. Yeah. sort of connection. Mm -hmm. And she had missed the whole thing. Oh, no. 
Just being a chatterbox? Just being off telling somebody she read the book and she was from the Pacific and that's where the octopus was from and just <laughs> just blithered away. A wonderful opportunity. Ah, <sighs> well, octopuses are, are so fascinating, aren't they? They're really smart. And I do think they, they are. I like the title of that book. I'll have to read it myself. Soul of oh, an Octopus, because they are soulful animals. I mean, you know yeah. how passionate I am about ocean life and, and fish and whatnot, but uh, octopuses do. really are something special. Very special. More special than you even know until you read this book and see the, the little um, idiosyncrasies that they have. It's very interesting. Hmm. Okay, so one um, more time. It's The Soul of an Octopus by whom? Sy, S-Y, Montgomery. Okay. Is there anything else you wanted to get in? Uh, I just wanted to say that you've had uh, several pick-a-choices up lately. Yes. And while I was not familiar with either of the two women, yes. I thought they were just incredible. Uh, you're thinking of Joe Firestone and Maria Bamford. Right? They were both fantastic. They were. Those are two of my favorite episodes that we've shot. Yeah, they were both great. I really enjoyed working with both of them. Um, so thanks for the plug, Mom. Yes, if you go to just search Google AV Club Pick a Choice and it'll come up. Uh, Joe Firestone and Maria Bamford are two of the latest episodes. And I think John Barrowman will be up uh, by the time this goes live. And that's a real fun one, too. And there was also a, a, a fella that uh, appeared altered. Uh, I don't know. Oh, Dave was. Hill? Yes, no, I think yes. that's just Dave's normal demeanor. He was hilarious, too, though. We've had a great run toward the end of this season. I'm really proud of it. Yeah, yeah. He was, uh, he was a very sweet uh, man. Dave? Yes, he was yes. great. You're always sweet. Oh, thanks, Ma. Hey, how about Westworld, huh? Yeah, how about it? Okay, let me set it up here. All right. HBO's Westworld brings viewers to a Wild West theme park in the near future where everybody's a lifelike robot, and you can do whatever you want with these robots. You can go on adventures with them. You can shoot them. You want to screw them? Sure, go ahead. But the thing is, a couple of the robots are getting some ideas about all of this. Maybe they're not so happy about it. They're starting to remember things and have thoughts of their own. So you see the problem as do the people who run the park. And thus, we have a television series. Here's a clip. Have you been hearing voices? Has Arnold been speaking to you again? No. You're... You're hurting me. Analysis. When was your last contact with Arnold? Last contact, 34 years. 42 days, seven hours ago. Yes, Dolores. The day Arnold died. And you have no records of any contact with him since? No. What was the last thing he said to you? He told me I was going to help him. Help him do what? To destroy this place. Westworld airs Sunday nights on the home box office pay television service. It's also available on apps. Just download an app, and Westworld's probably on there somewhere. Mom, 
were you wild about Westworld? I was wild Uh, about Westworld. Yes, but what happened? Well, let's just say a few things first. Okay. It's very well done. I love the opening scene. I think it's uh, very artsy and well done. The title sequence, you mean? Yes. Oh, it takes forever. I think it's twice as long as it needs to be. Well, it may be, but I'm just saying I think it's well done. Okay. And and also, this is a takeoff from a movie. From a Michael Crichton movie, yes. Yeah. But it's very different. Well, you say that, but the movie ended not well, and I think this is not going to end well. <laughs> I think that's I think that is a safe assumption. Yes. The general premise is the same, but the execution is very different. Well, I would have to say that I think it's a little derivative of Jurassic Park. Well, those are both Michael Crichton works. So I think it's definitely a recurring theme in his works uh, humans efforts to control chaos and the futility of that perhaps. And I do get frustrated. All right, now here's here is it's it was confusing at first because I did not see the Yul Brynner mm-hmm. movie, mm-hmm. but when you when you realize what's going on, it's people that travel to a chosen scenario, and they are called guests or newcomers comers, and they get to go to a essentially a park, I guess. Yeah. Where. And this one happens to be the West, the wild, wild West. A huge piece of land out in the American West, presumably, yes. And the, and the robots, the hosts, are programmed with dialogue, and they look very realistic. And it, it's very confusing at first to remember they're not human. Yeah, intentionally so, I think. Yes, yes. And uh, there's people that have come to the, to the uh, I'm just going to call it a theme park. Yeah, that's what it um, is. Time and time again and, and have really gotten into it. Um, there's some rules, the rules being that you can see that will soon be broken, is that the, the guests can't, can't hurt, get hurt. Right. That, that the, the robots must stay within their taught dialogue and scenarios and so you can sort of imagine or do anything with no harm to you right if you and you know now we're getting in the more recent episodes we're getting to the outer reaches of the park where you can get roughed up it seems like but you still can't get shot or Mm -hmm. really badly Mm -hmm. injured right um those are the rules i think uh that about covers it the one thing that i that this was very chilling to me because again I hadn't seen the movie and I didn't realize what direction this was going but the creator um asks Dolores mm-hmm. you know would you would you ever hurt a living thing and she responds and then she slaps a mosquito on her neck and I just that was such a simple little scene and I got chills and i said wait a minute (laughs) wait a minute that's a robot (laughs) what is a robot 
she's a robot. Yep. Yep. So she and can't she's slapping him right. And she's she slapping that a mosquito. Fly. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm wondering if mosquitoes are like Michael Crichton's thing too. Well, that was actually a fly, if we're going to be precise about it. But the really? point remains. So you're thinking of the mosquitoes from Jurassic Park. Yes. Well, Michael Crichton didn't have too much say in this one, being dead and all. Uh, oh. <laughs> but he wrote the original, right? He did write the original. But I don't think they're, on, I mean, they're really honoring that in only the broadest strokes. Because the original well, exists. The original's the original. Do you think we should watch that? No. I don't think we need to at all. Really? Why not? That would be like research. Well, it's a little late for that, Mom. We're recording. Fine, Johnny. Uh, what do you make of Ed Harris's character? A lot of people like him, the man in black. He's man ex- in black, yes. Uh, I like him a lot. Why is I that? I think he's such he's... a great actor. Um, well, I, I just love how blatant he's the man in black, but I, I think he's, in the end, going to be the one that saves it all. That saves the park. That saves the park. Oh, interesting theory. And you think the park will need saving? Oh, uh, I can almost guarantee that. Okay, I Can't think that's, you? yeah, well, after this week's episode, certainly, because yeah. you had Dolores this week saying, uh, as we heard in the clip, that uh, she's shaping up to destroy the park, which doesn't seem like that a very is, kind thing. Well, how, but, you know, how much control do these people have over these robots? I don't know. Well, that's the question. And uh, one of the questions for me is, what is their experience of sorrow and pain? Because it seems like, and there's been some dialogue about this, but they've been given these personalities. It certainly seems that they can feel anguish. And some of them, their job is to be murdered every day. You got poor Teddy, who had this benign storyline for a while, and then he's been rewritten to basically have to be strung up uh, every day. That's his story. Yeah. And that's his existence now. And it just makes me think, what is that, what is that like? And they can't remember, most of them. Uh, they're not supposed to remember things, so they don't know the difference, supposedly. But I think it gets at, and this is one of the key discussion points, is... Uh, can an artificial intelligence feel? And how do we have to have uh, some sort of ethical framework about that? Because the people who run the park don't seem to, right? Anthony Hopkins' character is just like, eh, they're just, you know, they're just machines. Don't get too wrapped up in it. And yet he uses them to act out his own emotional uh, angst all the time. And then who who is the man that is coaching the, uh, not coaching, but Having right, right, Jeffrey Wright. The uh, Jeffrey Wright plays Bernard, right? Who seems Bernard, to be basically right. the head writer of the place. You know, and I think he's he's playing with gas here. Well, definitely, yeah. I mean, they're all scheming, right? They're not they're not very good at uh, communicating with each other. They keep a lot of no. secrets. No, and and everybody sort of has an axe to uh, grind, if you will. That that is very disingenuous, I think. Now, I think about Westworld uh, also in terms of the framework of video games. Does that occur to you at all? No, because I don't play video games. I just think, I just think of it more as a, uh, a comic book. I see. And what does that do for you? What do you get out of that? I just feel like I know, what, I know everything that's going to happen already. I feel like I already, I already know. What's going to happen? Yeah, I just think I think everything's going to go to hell in the park, and and these these 
and this is what frustrates me, is that now these robots are going to do everything human, which is not possible. What do you mean by everything human? They're going to they're going to start killing out of out of revenge or out of anger or out of uh, lust and jealousy and, and all these things that humans do because we have emotions. And I find that very frustrating <laughs> but because I think they lead you into it so slowly that you absorb it and you accept it. And I don't want to. <laughs> you don't want to accept That's not the... <laughs> funny. Yes. Yes, it is, because I don't, I mean, I don't think anybody wants to accept the notion that um, human-like AI is going to rise up and destroy us all, but that's one of the essential tensions of the show. I don't think you're supposed to like it. That's why it makes me laugh. Well, I don't, I just don't like that feeling. I don't like, I don't like that feeling of being manipulated. Hmm. Because I feel like they're saying, here, accept this, accept this. These robots will will have their own minds, they'll have the emotions, and then they'll, then they'll have um, revenge on their minds. And that... You don't think that's that, possible? I don't. Even in the framework of the, of the show, you don't, you're not willing to suspend your disbelief for that part of it? I'm not. I'm not going to. <laughs> I'm not going to make you. Um, but... Yeah, that strikes me. Uh, what about uh, when we used to watch Star Trek The Next Generation and you'd have Data doing all these uh, human-like things? Did you find that ludicrous equally so? Well, Johnny, the whole show was, you know... The whole show was fantastical? Is that what you're getting at? <laughs> okay. Yeah? Well, I'm genuinely asking here. I think I could accept it there. This is this is too... You know, Data didn't really play like a person so right, much right and and actually his inhumanness was sort of endearing right and it was a focus of his his character right but he was striving to become human in a somewhat similar way uh as dolores is I mean, obviously, Dana was more aware of his own quest than Dolores is. She's kind of feeling around and trying to figure out what all these different uh, instincts and feelings are in herself. But she's reaching towards something greater. Right. So why would you accept it in Dana's case and not in the case of Dolores? Um, I guess because I feel I feel a little blindsided by it. Hmm. Because I didn't really know what this show was about i realized that it was science fiction or whatever Mm -hmm. genre it is i realized that but i didn't realize it was going to do this and i'm sort of mad about it oh wow i like that i like that emotion well i really am i'm really sort of mad about it because i just didn't see that this is where it was going and i'm sort of mad about it because i feel like because it scares me too right which I think it's supposed to scare you. Um, are you r- rooting for Dolores to complete her quest, or do you wish she would just go back in her little loop, as uh, Robert Ford calls it? Well, honestly, yeah. you know, I would like them to just dismantle all the robots. I would feel better that way. <laughs> and just don't make this television show, because it's scary to me. And I, it's, um, it, you know, it's, it's like... Uh, 
I could in my, because I'm going to make it whatever it is in my mind, and it's scaring me right now, and I don't want to be scared. Well, is it scary to you because this artificial intelligence is is an issue in the real world too? And yes, yeah, supposedly computers yes. are getting smarter and smarter. Yes, although not mine because the M <laughs> is all sticky and it doesn't know that when I press it, I want it to make an M. But yes, it's it's scary. It's eerie to me. Does, I mean, do you like that? I like how thought-provoking it is, uh, I I guess I am not as scared uh, about the rise of AI as a lot of other people are, and maybe that's my naivete, but I just don't think it's a, it's the doomsday that it's often made out to be. And I actually think that the humanism of Westworld and the fact that the robots, quote-unquote robots, can often seem more human than the sort of nihilistic guests at the park, mm-hmm. um, that frames it in an appealing way for me. Because to me, and actually, you know, I bring up Star Trek because I was so influenced by that growing up, and especially right. the Data character, and it really, what's appealing to me and remains appealing to me about that character is that it shows you how humanity and human intelligence are not necessarily tied to this uh, flesh-and-blood body that we have, that it can manifest in different forms. And I feel like ever since I grew up on that show that I really have a high tolerance and admiration of different kinds of intelligence. Uh, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, you know what? I have to be honest. I find the Dolores character rather dull right now. Um, I feel like a lot of times I'm watching a video game cutscene um, which and I'm waiting to get back to something something more real uh, or exciting. But I think that she's going to develop in an intriguing way, and I'm looking forward to seeing where she goes. I'll tell you what, um, I'm more interested in Maeve, the uh, prostitute from the saloon, who's having those dreams and is waking up in the maintenance room. But to me, she's the most interesting robot right now. Well, I think they can't. I I think she's gonna her part is gonna expand a lot. Don't yeah. you think? Yeah, I think so. I think I mean, especially judging from the previews they showed at the end of the last episode. Yeah. Well, let's and let's talk about this a little bit. Um, <clears throat> I feel like we're talking about you know fantasy mm-hmm. and reality, and it gets a little confusing. But what about the people that visit here? Right. Yeah. Let's talk about that. Come that. because they want to shoot someone or. Um, have maybe unlimited relations with robots? I'm, I don't know about that. You don't buy into that? Well, uh, yes, I, I know there's a lot of stuff out there, but yeah. would, would that really be something? That, I mean, I'd, would there be anything in, in Westworld for me? I think that's a great question because I have thought about that often since the premiere of the show. And what I'm disappointed in is that the sort of avatars for the guests are these guys, Logan and William, these two yeah. bros. I mean, William is a little yeah. less broy than Logan, who just wants to shoot or screw everything. Right. Um, right. But I, that is a question I've had, too. And I think... 
Maybe we'll see this still, but I wish that they had shown us a way that Westworld appeals to women in particular, because all of the women we've seen so far are bored and sort of humoring their male companions who are having a great time. right? And I think that's a creative choice that the show made, and I think they're sort of sending up video game uh, guys with that and and video game culture, but... I would like to see the show show us some way that the park appeals to women. I don't know what other way to put it, and they have not done that at all yet. It's all men wanna, who want to shoot stuff. Even if it's even if it's um, the comic relief part of of the show, perhaps you know something right. silly that the that the women would like to come and do. Otherwise, I can't see it um, appealing. You know, I can't see the travel agent saying. Well, here, Mr. Jones, uh, here's something that you might enjoy. And Mrs. Jones, you won't enjoy this at all. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. I guess they they still have travel agents in the future and you're reckoning, huh? <laughs> I don't know. I get confused. <laughs> um, yeah, but I'm just kidding. But I think it's a, it's a good point. And I just, I mean, there's all sorts of holes you could poke on the premise of this show. They don't sweat the um, yeah. the details of, of the logistics too, too much. No. But I do wonder how you could put together a park this lavish and not have it appeal to half of the population. I mean, there's so much to do, supposedly, and yet it all seems to be designed for uh, men, young men, right. middle-aged yes. men. Yes. Yes. Whose who fantasies include killing someone or screwing someone. Right. I mean, it's even quite a disservice to the men. Yeah. <laughs> yes, it is. When you when you think about it. Yes. And purposely so, and I think that and, and you know, William, uh the character played by Jimmy Simpson and the white hat fellow, uh I he's supposed to be the nicer side of that, but god, his job so far is to walk up to Dolores and say, "How you doing?" <clears throat> Oh, are you okay? I mean, he's so boring. I know. I know. So you're 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 very you're very interested to see the outcome of this. I find the world fascinating. Uh I love Anthony Hopkins. Uh I love Ed Harris. I mean, yeah. they're both just blue chip actors. You're not going to go wrong with them. I like Jeffrey Wright a lot too. Um, I am interested to see where Tandy Newton's character, Maeve, goes. So there's a lot that's keeping me in it, but there are also... I thought the third episode was a real clunker. Um, Other than that, I don't think there's any episodes that I wasn't satisfied with to some degree, but there's just a lot of holes in it, and there's a lot of, I think, easy choices made where they could have challenged themselves more and defied expectations a little more. I guess I'll put it that way. Because obviously there's money for production because Uh, it it is so beautiful. It's an expensive looking show. Let's put a little bit into it. Because this is the other thing that is that we've watched the movie Fargo and Mm. what, two or two Two, years or three? Two seasons so far, yeah of the uh, television show, and I couldn't enjoy it anymore. Agreed. Agreed. Where is this show going? Is this is this a one season and see you later? Oh, no. I, 
No. This well, is the then show. Well, you're going to really drag us along for a long time, I think. Well, that's what I'm worried about. And I'm worried about J.J. Abrams' involvement because he was also involved in the conception of Lost. And he was really involved less in the execution of it than people think. But still, there are some sort of Abramsy touches like the maze icon that keeps showing up. And, ooh, what yeah. does the maze mean? And all yeah. this sort of secret keeping that... Uh, I I'm with you. I'm a little worried about getting strung along there. Yes. Um, and given and given your mention of Lost, which I also did write down here in the margin, because boy, was that a big pile of elephant poop when all was said and done. That was such an exciting. I couldn't wait to see it every week, and then how they ended it was just like, are you kidding me? You know what? I've come to terms with Lost because it was so. It's. I think it's a all-time great show. It was so much fun to watch, and what an elaborate world they created. But yeah, there's never going to be any getting around the fact that they left so many loose ends, uh, yeah. and that the ending was just like, and everybody goes to heaven, magical heaven. That's just like what. I remember trying to convince myself the night that aired that it was a good ending because I was so heartbroken that they did not bring it to the culmination we all had hoped for and yeah. answer all yeah. these mysteries that they'd set up. Well, I was ripped. <laughs> I wasn't heartbroken. I was pissed. Well, and it does, I mean, Westworld does seem to be setting up the potential for that, right? Arnold, who's Arnold? What's Arnold's scheme? Yep. Uh, all of that, it just, they're laying down a lot of question marks, and they better get working on the exclamation points. Yeah. I'm very leery. I'm very, very leery. See, now this this is, like I said, this is the show that HBO hopes will um, sort of take over for Game of Thrones. Um, this oh. will be the next big phenomenon. But no. Game of Thrones has always felt like it's definitely headed somewhere, and it doesn't tease you with too many. There are little mysteries, but it doesn't tease you with too many of them. There's just sort of a couple of threads of mystery, and the other is, the rest of it is just developing the world. You know, you don't, you're not waiting for the other shoe to drop um, to yes, make well, sense of things. Well, I have to say that I, I really was a great fan of uh, Game of Thrones. Very, very great fan until the Sunday night the we watched The Red Wedding, and that <laughs> Really, that killed it. That for really you. took me out. I haven't watched it since. No, I haven't. I was so, I was so shocked, and and I was just shocked by that. Well, there's a lot of violence on Westworld too. Yeah, I know, but by the time I figure out whether that was a robot or a person, <laughs> they've kind of moved on, and I'm all right with it. <laughs> <laughs> So it's different for you if it's a robot getting shot. The violence is not as striking. Even though no. blood squirts out of them and they cry out in pain just the same. Yeah, no. No. No, it's a robot. Well, but doesn't that say something about you, though? I think what? that's part what of what... What does it say about I me? I think that's part of what the show is getting at. That it's the question of... Why is this okay? And do these creations have some sort of soul? Do they have some sort of consciousness? And if so, is it really abhorrent for us to be doing these horrible things with them? No, they don't have souls. They might as well just be mannequins. They're, they do not have souls. You, can't, you cannot impart a soul via a computer. No. 
but on screen, it looks the same. You know, that's that's what I'm saying. The image you see looks the same as a human being shot in a TV show. And it's just your knowledge uh, that they're a robot that makes the violence less troubling. Is that what you're saying? Yes. Okay. I agree. Yes. I'm not, I don't feel differently because that's certainly been the way it's gone for me too. It's just like, oh, they're a robot. They're going to put them back together overnight or what have you. But I also have sort of been taking apart that feeling and uh, why, and wondering why it's so easy for me to observe this violence. And I think that the show is going right. to make it tougher for us to endure that violence as time goes on. So it is a. And that's what I resent. You resent that. I do. I resent being manipulated like that. Don't don't do that to me. <laughs> I don't like that. You know. You know what it reminds me of. This, and this is you're going to laugh at this, but this is what it reminds me of. Okay. Mm-hmm. One time when Moxie, our our dog that we used to have, mm-hmm. was. We didn't um, get rid of her, by the having, way. She passed away. Just so people know. <laughs> yes. So Devo said, well, let's talk to the psychic about her, a psychic that she had some knowledge of. So we called the psychic. She was a pet psychic, and we explained what was going on. And What was going me, on? Is this while Moxie was still alive? This is while well, Moxie was still alive. Yeah, I'm not that lunatic, a big of a lunatic. Well, um, you're calling a pet psychic, he, so I don't know if... I know. <laughs> I you should that push that big. too hard. Okay. She, she wouldn't go. Um, I never knew whether she wanted to come in the car. I see. Okay. She behaved badly when she was in the car, but, you know, blah, 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 blah. So anyway, um, I called the, the pet psychic, and Jenna and I told her what was going on, and she said, all right, fine, I'm going to talk to your dog at um, 1 o'clock, and I'll call you at 2. So... Telepathically, she fine. talks to the dog. Is that that what you're saying? She's going yeah. to have a, a mind session remote with with Moxie. <laughs> I don't remember this, Mom. This is crazy to me. I can't believe the story. Continue. <laughs> so at two o'clock, she calls back and she said, "Your dog would not necessarily like to go in the car, but she would like to be asked to go in the car," and. You know, a few other things. She likes she likes when you uh, walk by this house that has a, a a red boat, and she likes something else. Okay, great. So we hang up the phone, and I go down, and here she has taken a gigantic <laughs> crap in by the pool table that we used to have. Because she's, we, Jenna and I feel that she's so pissed off that this pet psychic bothered her. I forget what my point was. Yeah, now. me too. I'm sorry. Well, you interrupted me. I did have a, I did have a point. Well, you can edit that. Oh, I'm not editing that out. Yeah, well, you know, this is what happens when you get senile. You shouldn't just interrupt me. You should have just let me go on a roll. I'm so sorry. I'm so embarrassed. No, we got a great story out there. Uh, That pool table basically existed for Moxie to crap around it. Nobody played that. (laughs) Well, Matt had a friend that used to be here at all hours and times. He would just 
show up and go down and play pool for a couple of hours. <laughs> Very weird. Very mm. weird. So anyway, I, I, I don't, I have great respect for artificial intelligence, but it doesn't have a soul. Well, you were talking about also being manipulated by the show. Did you feel that you had been manipulated by the dog psychic? Is, that, is this the connection here? Well, I think Moxie felt like she had been manipulated. <laughs> Gee. So you think that the dog psychic can, can exist, but an artificial intelligence with a soul cannot. Is that correct? <laughs> I don't. You don't believe in the dog psychic either? No, I okay. don't, but yeah. I did at the time. And she actually just gave me some good advice. So. Oh, I'm sure that's what they do, right? I mean, I'm sure the pet psychics know dog behavior. Yeah. Yeah, except that then when I used to take Moxie in the car, she still crapped in the car. <laughs> if only she had been a robot programmed not to crap in the I car. Know. We could have programmed that right out of her. <laughs> Okay. That's, you laugh at the, the silliest thing. That's not even funny. <laughs> it's pretty funny. Well, she did. She peed in the in the in the jeep so that we had to take the seats out. <laughs> I know the pissmobile. Oh my god! It never smelled the same. Okay, you got any other notes on Westworld? I wonder. Who, I wanted to know who the writers were because. Here, here was something. Here was a line that caused an altercation. Mm. Some guy says, "I bet you're as juicy as a freshwater clam." I don't even know what that means. <laughs> I don't either. Sometimes the writing, like I said, the third episode, the writing. So much of that episode felt like I was watching video game cutscenes, where it's just sort of okay. slow, generic statements of aspiration or sort of bland emotion. Um, so the yeah. the writing has been a little hit or miss. And uh, but they do have in Anthony Hopkins and Ed Harris actors who can convincingly perform any line that you will write for them. Yes. And my hope is that because they are such fine actors, they will perhaps step in if things need a little uh, punching up or maybe a direction. Oh, I know do you think that they're the, doing rewrites actors... on the set? Wow. No, I don't, but they read them before they act them. So I'm hoping that as as seasoned actors, they probably they may have some input because I don't want to see this be like Lost. Yeah, well, I doubt they have that much creative input, but I'm sure they read the zeros on their paycheck very closely. Mm. Gotcha. Yeah. I'm hopeful for for Dolores, but she is quite dull right now. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the scenes where she's being analyzed by one of the other park people, those are good. Those are interesting. Yeah. But when she's Dolores, oof. It's just the show just grinds to a halt when she's on there. Maybe, and let's hope that there's a there's a method to their madness in that. I think there is. I'm hopeful. I'm optimistic yep. about Westworld, despite the problems I have with it. Uh, and I do look forward to it every week, and I don't know what better endorsement I can give to a TV show these days. 
Well, I think that's the highest one. I mean, your time is limited, and if you're taking the time to watch it, then that is uh, high praise indeed, really. Uh, So what's your grade for Westworld, Mom, so far? Uh, Right now, I would give it a a C++. I have to get over my... I have to get over my uncomfortableness with it. Mm-hmm. Do you think you'll be yeah, able and that's, to? I'm having trouble doing that. I'm having trouble with that. And your discomfort is in one sentence? Is the fact that uh, the the robots are going to be uprising. Well, I don't think that discomfort's going to go away, Ma. I think that's the, really the whole plot. Yeah, I mean, us. I have to get comfortable with okay. that. Okay. Well, C++, yeah. that's your grade? You know, yeah. that's a programming language, too. No, what does that mean? Um, C++ is the name of a programming language. Uh, before it was C, and plus plus is something you do in programming to increment a variable up one. So C++ was the next step up from C, in theory. Well, then, Johnny, I feel that this is a good time to tell you that I am a robot. Oh, <laughs> oh I suspected all along. Yeah. Uh-oh. It's out. <laughs> you let it slip. Yep. Sorry. Uh, okay. That wraps it up for Westworld. You have anything else for the folks right. before we sign off, Mom? Uh, I hope that it's not so long before we see you again and tell your friends and your family and we love you and that's that. Wow, what a nice sign off. I'll leave it at that. Thank you, Mom. And thank you, everyone, for listening. For Bonnie Tatey, this is John Tatey. And this has been Mom on Pop. So long for now.